<laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> what happened? Do you ever just sit there and watch your dog breathe and like notice their breathing patterns because it's pretty wet? Hello everyone. Welcome into Untitled Van Life Project, the podcast. I'm Amy. Sitting next to me, I've got Caleb. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you for welcoming us with that noise. Does anyone know what that noise is? If you do, text us. Let me know. But welcome in to another episode of Untitled Van Life Project. This is part of our Van Life series, which as of late has kind of been the only series we've had going. We've had a couple series in the past circle in and out of this podcast umbrella. Um, but for the last few months, it's pretty much just been you and I. Maybe you should bring them back, like the Untitled Reads series. You're that one was to bring fun. That one back. I know. <laughs> we had a few uh, episodes where we kind of did book reviews of yeah. some of our favorite books, or not even favorite books, just books we were reading at the time, books we kind of chose. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone listened to those. If you listen to those, let us know. <laughs> or if you have a book that you want us to like break down, because I still, those are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I um, mean, it's a fun conversation for us. Yes. Like, and I feel like we learn a, a lot about the book and get to process it and break it down. And so that is always pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, especially when you for just, some of our fave books. But. When you decide you're going to like sit down and actually talk about this book or whatever, it really does kind of make you process it more than just reading it, closing it and moving on to your next one, yeah. which I do a lot. <laughs> Not going to lie. But yeah, if you vibed with the Untitled Read series or if you didn't even know it existed and you're like, hey, that sounds interesting, let us know and we will we'll work towards bringing that yeah, back. Yeah, or go back and listen to our old episodes. We have one on The Alchemist by Paulo mm -hmm. Coelho. We have one on a 1984 by George Orwell, which mm -hmm. is very intriguing, I think. We have one on Into the Wild, which is very relative to, I think, van life and yeah. our life traveling out in nature and on the road. I think, oh, and we have um, the oral history of Bob Marley. We did one on that, too. Yes, yes. we did do that one. So, so much things if, to say. If you like Bob Marley, there is that one, which is a very intriguing um, kind of documentary book about his life. Yeah, that was such a good read. Biography, almost, but from told from like a collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. Interviews of people in his life. So, yeah, yeah almost like a documentary. Not, not just one perspective. Which is really cool. But yeah, if that sounds intriguing to you, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in listening to, let us know. Or yeah, or let us know. Or maybe we'll just start doing it again. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just pick out a book and we'll do it. We'll make the people listen. We do need to, yeah, because we're not reading the same things right now, so. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to this Van Life Series episode where we pretty much talk all things life, but we live in a van, so that's a big part of it too. Uh, right now... I can officially say this is our first episode for this season that we are recording in the Sonoran Desert, and it feels so damn good to be back in this desert, in this state, in this area of the country. It just felt like such a warm hug do you being think able this to be welcomed back is, here. Do you think this is the place that we've recorded the most podcast episodes out of our previous two and a half years on the road? Probably because number one, it's a staple place for us. Uh, number two, the we're usually here in the winter months, like November through March ish, and that's typically when it's not a slower season of work in terms of things we have to do, but in terms of like traveling for work and like you know making sure we're in the spots we need to be in to be at the jobs we have to be at it's a less busy in that way. So we have a little more structure, and whenever we have structure 
we're really good about <laughs> recording podcasting. About getting, getting podcasts out. out. Yeah. Yes. But I will say, I feel like this is a stretch where we end up having the least amount to talk about in terms of (laughs) uh, like a day-to-day basis because we're not traveling as much our scenery even if we do kind of move around southern arizona Mm -hmm. it's pretty much the same Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so that's that's where we started series like untitled reads Mm -hmm. and our book series so yeah that makes sense now we might need to bring that back just for our own sanity (laughs) because we can only talk about the the red dirt out there (laughs) though i think bryce likes when we talk about saguaros Oh, we does should talk he? about saguaros for like ten minutes. Here. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's that is a big thing that we talk about. If you listen to any of our <laughs> podcasts love, from this time last year, yeah. I mean, that's that's a big reason of what keeps calling me down here is the saguaros. I mean, I just they're love like the my desert. Ancient friends. What if so? What have you been journaling about since we got to the desert? Whoa! Opening if, up the yeah. Well, you wanted the personal price plan, right? You got to get personal with me. You don't have to get that personal. Well, That's I'm very a, personal. I'm a bath bomb guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have I been journaling about since we got here? You know, just some you know topics, uh, themes. What yeah. what themes have been popping up in your journal entries since you? I been mean, here? a lot of times here, and this has been a theme like not just this time around, but like all of our desert seasons, it's always something about, like, the sun or about the saguaros. Relevant. Or, Relevant. Or about, like, how harsh the desert is on paper. You know, like, if you write out what the desert is, um, but how homey it feels, how something so harsh can still feel so homey and welcoming, even though it seems very unwelcoming and that there's no water, there's really drastic temperatures it's either crazy hot or crazy cold um there's in the summer monsoons like it's and Every, everything here is prickly like literally yes. everything is saying stay away in yes, a way as cat says everything here wants to kill you yeah <laughs> essentially a little extreme not the little ground quails though They're i don't precious. think those want to or the cactus wrens um but yeah that's that's something I feel like I write about very often is like and kind of ponder like how and why do I feel so welcomed and at home here when yeah on the surface or if you just write everything out on paper that doesn't seem like that would be the case well this is our you know third winter season in this area mm-hmm. has it like grown on you as more of a homey place or now I mean yeah start that way like I know we used we need to go back and listen to those old yeah. podcasts from our first season in the desert because we had no idea what Arizona was going to be like. Yeah. We had hardly even been there ourselves. Probably just had some kind of dream version of what the desert looked like in our minds and then actually getting down here and experience like living in it, living out in it. It's so cool. Yeah. Like we are not just we're not just like visiting the desert. We are living out in it. I'm surrounded by saguaro brethren. Friends, yeah, yeah, friends. Um that want to kill me. I mean, yeah, with part, their of it, <laughs> part of it probably is like nostalgia in a way of like, yeah, I have such good memories here. And so like those memories live on here. And when I come here, I feel the energy from those moments. And I'm like, you know, I'll walk over to that fire circle where we met those people and like feel that, feel all the good energy and good vibes from all the fires we had there together. Like, yes, those things help, I think, with the welcoming aspect. Um, but also I think it is just the amount of, time spent here apart from the memories and just like really soaking in what the desert is really like seeing it for what it is getting to know it for what it is and like falling in love with that I think is a big piece of why I feel so welcome here is because I've I've like seen it 
and experienced it and lived with it as it is. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it is like home. Yeah. Like the saguaros are like our living room walls <laughs> and the... The, the wallpaper is the incredible sunsets every night. Yeah, and the mountains over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, the mountains yeah. over there. Like, it, Arizona really has it all. Definitely our one of our favorite states. Yeah, they Arizona is pretty vast in terms of its landscape um, variety. But what about you? What have you been journaling about in the morning? Because you haven't been journaling a lot lately. Whoa, call out. I'm just, I'm just stating Whoa. a fact. There's no judgment <laughs> attached to this at I'm all. I'm just kidding. You haven't I been haven't. journaling as much as you no. have in the past. That's what it's like. We didn't even mean to kind of get in this cycle. I don't think <laughs> it was, you know, since we've been in the van of like, hey, our our busy travel season and work seasons become the fall, and then we get a little like break and a breath down in the desert, which feels like the perfect place for that to happen, mm-hmm. and then you know, eventually travel back up to Colorado. Anyway, so yeah, we're coming off this really busy season where yeah, my journaling does take. I mean. A backseat. <laughs> Honestly, I only think I pulled it out to record if we were like in a really cool spot, just to like make sure that that was jotted at least in the location. Oh. Just being like, hey, I journaled here. Because that's one of been my favorite thing about going back to my journals since we started traveling in the van, um, which I filled up a few journals since then. Yeah, you, you have. <laughs> when you, I mean, I will say this when you are, when journaling is not in the backseat, when it's in the front seat with you. It is like full gas, no breaks. Like <laughs> full gas. You are gas, writing no books over here. Whoa, you journal a lot all the time, though. I do journal, you, and but you've also written. I don't. Books. I don't complete them as quickly. I don't think. Oh. I mean, it's not a race. It's, this is. These are just observations. Well, it's uh, not every journal entry is you know every line and stuff. There's true. There's I write in different styles. I'll different say when stanzas. I journal, yeah, different kind of stanzas. Yeah. Also, there's some doodles in there. Yeah. Um, same, but yeah, so, but immediately getting pot, getting back to the desert. And even though like I have a mountain load of like editing work, back to do, end work. Yeah. Yes. From our season of weddings and elopements and photography and videography. Uh, it still feels like, yeah, this, the desert just provides us like the, yeah, we can immediately get into that routine. So it helps out staying on schedule for things like podcasts and I mean, work, that's the main reason we would like kind of want to get into this routine mm-hmm. and this kind of lifestyle down here where we don't have to be anywhere is because I think that's also when I can get the most work done. If I have like a stable schedule and I know when I'm going to be able to pull out my laptop and edit and same for you. And so once that kind of falls into place, then you're like, oh, I can like work in journaling here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it feels like it fits a little more where I feel like all fall we were just kind of on the go. Just day at a time, just figuring out how to get through that day and where we needed to be in two days probably Yeah. from there. Yeah, it's funny. Our kind of like our trajectory, like if we look in the future, I feel like in the summer, late summer and fall is like we just have to look literally like two to three days in advance. We can't really look further than that. Yes. But in the winter, like now, I feel like if we wanted to, we could look like further just because, yeah, everything's a little more structured and Well, now time open. is non-existent basically is what it becomes. Other than thank God for the NFL. Not really. But in the way that it keeps <laughs> us... <laughs> It keeps us knowing what day is Sunday. It, it's, like a, it's like an anchor to the week to know we what have, day it is. We have joked that like... Like, we'll say this all the time. Like, I don't really know what a Tuesday feels like. I don't know what a Saturday feels like. Yeah. Like, every day kind of feels the same when you're not in that, like, Monday through Fridays when you work or go to school. And then your weekends are Saturday and Sunday. Like, when you're outside of that schedule, 
every day really does kind of feel the same. There's typically not a difference between a Saturday and a Wednesday or a Sunday and a Thursday. And but, like we'll do, we'll do provision runs on any day. Yes. Just like when it's needed, we'll do it on the Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter. But right now, September through Feb, beginning of February, the thing that keeps us like there's one day of the week that is always the same. And that day is Sunday because that day is when NFL football happens <laughs> and Sundays are always going to look like us watching football for the most part. Yes. Tighten up people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, that's our anchor day. Yes. Everything else. Yeah. There is a little more structure now here, but still there's also a lot of flexibility just because of this lifestyle that we live. It's just hard to put like, you know, I, I think back when we were in a house, a lot of times for different seasons, I would kind of plot out like a Monday through Friday, like, I'm going to do, you know, like these workouts on these days, on these days, I'm going to do this thing. And it's so hard to do that in the van because yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we actually need to go get provisions tomorrow mm -hmm. and it's a random Wednesday and, you know, Wednesday I made my long work day, but now that's not the case. Yeah. So yeah, I've had to like throw that out and we both been making kind of just like, I, I call them weekly outlooks. Like what are things that I want to work on this week? I call them my get to do lists. <laughs> get to do. Yeah. Yes. You get to do. Them. Yes. Shit. Get shit done. Yeah. Home Depot. Uh, so, yeah, that's been helping. So, anyways, journaling more. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. I have found myself just kind of, like, welcoming the, yeah, the feelings and the vibes of the desert back into my writing, which I've, I feel like I need to go back and read some old journals because I think I'm writing the exact same things <laughs> over and over again. I actually know that I did this morning. I literally, <laughs> really? I wasn't going to journal this morning. I was just like reading and then I kind of felt this pull to write. So I stopped reading my journal and I started writing. I was like, I know I've like literally journaled this maybe with just a couple different words last year. Yeah, it's, I think it's the same thing for me across tons of entries, but just what the desert, yeah, immediately kind of welcomes in me. And yeah, everything you mentioned, like how harsh you think it is kind of from a, a, from a distance, but then when you get upon it, it's very giving. Mm -hmm. Like you think it's all just taking, nothing can survive here. Nothing is thriving or, or you know, flourishing. And then when you get here and it's like every inch of the desert, something is moving. You get down to the tiniest rock. There's probably some cool ants there. There's lots of ants. You start winding it out and literally there's a bush or a shrub or some kind of cacti or a, a mushroom, a yuck or something. Or, or yes, we've even found mushrooms we in have. the desert is growing there. And also, I mean, to harken back to the saguaros because we haven't talked about them yet this yeah. season. <laughs> I mean, those things are over a hundred years old mm -hmm. and like 30 to 40 feet tall. Mm -hmm. Those... That shit is thriving out here. Yeah. And the Palo Verdes, the color you see, the sunsets, it is, it, the desert gives so much and it provides a space, you know, for us in the season to like rest, recuperate, but then also just like gives me so much inspiration. I'm waking up every day, like, honestly, I want to get to editing. I love editing, but I also want to play guitar and like just be outside and, and create and create. I'm, and I'm very inspired by everything in the desert and uh, one more thing i was also journal about is just i feel like you just see you feel like you're a part of the cycle of the desert which is just the cycle of life like yeah you will see dead things and one of my favorite things to come across when we've been out here is like an acatillo plant that's fallen over and you've literally seen it since not many people have you know been out here you've seen it like decaying into the ground mm -hmm. and i'm like i wonder how long that process has taken i'm literally seeing it be repurposed back into the desert to help everything else grow around it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just feels like though we're kind of removed from that cycle as humans a little bit, you know, I'm not out here 
dying <laughs> or fighting for my life to live. It yeah. just, the cycle of life is so prevalent here. You see things die, but their death gives life to other things that flourish. And then everything is in the symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. Death, li death, life, everything. The cactus is death. The cactus is death. Life. The cactus is life. <laughs> the cactus is life. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's what I've been journaling about. I, wow. Which is what I've journaled about before, so. I think that's something, though, that something that makes the desert so unique is like we've mentioned it can seem upon first glance or like just seeing it from a distance so harsh but i think once you can access the like the actual beauty of it and like experience that and feel that it's so unique and so different than you know i mean we came from colorado where we spent most of our time this summer and fall and like it's colorado is beautiful if you we love colorado and like but objectively, I think people will see the spots, you know, they'll see the mountains in Colorado. They'll see the aspens changing to this golden yellow. And it's easy, even from a distance, like, oh my gosh, that place is so beautiful. Like, I want to go there. But you can see a picture of the desert. And I think it's rare. Or it's, it's just different. It's different. It's not as much of a slap you in the face type of beauty from a distance. Whack. But once you get here and really get to, like, tear it open and open it up and, like, crawl into it and live in it for a few months like the reward is i like how you high. said access the beauty i yeah. think that's it yeah because i'm like i think i could go take a photo of our van right now where it's at and everyone be like oh what's like what's down there you know <laughs> yeah. like why are, what you do you guys, do all day? are you just like stopping through and yeah. it's like oh no we're gonna be here a long time yeah in this area uh, as opposed to like you know Spots we talk about in Colorado mm -hmm. on lakes with mountains behind them. They are just... Everyone's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I want to go. But here, yeah, yeah. you have to like kind of... You got to get... You got to look under the fold a little bit. And mm -hmm. then under that layer is immense beauty. Yeah, it really is. And oh, <laughs> I think it has definitely struck us the, the past few years as being one of our favorite environments to be in. And yeah, I mean, now you're wearing it on your body. You literally have a, kind oh. of a desert scene as your most recent tattoo. Yes, my most recent tattoo is um, one of my favorite saguaros actually out here on this land that we're parked on. Um, and yeah, it's, it's her and, you know, a couple of other like yucca bushes. And Nadia is what we call her. Yes. Yeah. I we mean, did not come up with that name. We did not. But yeah, she's she's a big inspiration to me. And yeah, it, you know, it's a place that like means a lot to me. And I went, I like, I wanted a little art scene on my body. So I got it. Yes. Um, but I'm yeah, sure I I'll end up with one eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you will. The inspiration that you were talking about earlier that you're starting to feel really inspired. I mean, same here. Like a big difference I've noticed is like I have been. And I mean, yes, part of this is probably the temperature. But I've been very excited to wake up in the mornings. Like, yes. I've been wanting to, I enjoy waking up between like 7 and 7.30, but it's a little challenging sometimes if we're somewhere kind of cold and the van's really cold. I'm not, not quite the most disciplined to just like get out in the cold. Um, but here, literally, we've been watching the sunrise every morning out our back window. So it's, you know, it's kinda, 6.30. It's, I think it's more been watching me rise. What? Like, the sun rise has been watching me. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. I see it, but <laughs> I kind of, like, you know, you wake up, and it's just hitting you in the face right there. Well, no, we wake up at, like, 6.30 when, like, the colors start. The glow. Yeah, yeah. And, like, 
So I'll just kind of lay there in bed and like see the glow and then I'll like close my eyes for a bit and then open them up and that's yeah. not quite as much. And then the sun comes up and I'm like, ex- like my body feels excited to wake up and to get out of bed and to like make coffee and like go sit outside and journal <laughs> and get the day started. And mm-hmm. like, I haven't had that feeling in a long time. Like I said, I know the weather's a big, a big piece of that for me. Um, the spots we were parked in for the last couple months weren't as warm in the morning, um, but I also think it's, it's where we are, Yeah, you know, like, I think it's what I'm seeing out my back door and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go out there and be with it. You know, do you feel pressure also being down here? The sun sets around like five twenty <laughs> right now. And honestly mm-hmm. around four thirty, it starts getting a little gusty and you start to feel that, that winter chill. Like it's not like, chill, yeah. it's not just all sunny, warm beach down here. I mean, it's been <laughs> getting, beach. it gets down to the upper 30s at night. Yes. So it does get chilly. I mean, it has a long way to go because it's typically in the upper 60s, low 70s. So the temperature has a long way to drop, but it will drop to it that will low. Drop. And it yeah. starts dropping fast after the sun goes down. And yeah. Pretty much you have to have a campfire at that point mm-hmm. or be indoors, I would uh-huh. say, or in car, in, <laughs> in- van. <laughs> Uh, for, for, yeah, to experience that. So there's still some chill there. So, yeah, do you feel any pressure then, like, trying to wake up early? Because now by 4.30, you probably won't be outside anymore. Because <laughs> I have, like, <laughs> limited sun. Yes. Um, no, I actually haven't really thought about that. Um, I mean, kind of to go off what you were saying earlier about how the desert, like, everyone, it, like, it actually gives a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like a mindset that I really tap into when I'm here. And I think it is like feeding off of just that desert energy is that like I will, everything I'm given is all I need, you know? So I'm not, I'm not in this headspace of, oh, I want more sun or more sunlight or I mm-hmm. want more this or that. I just kind of trust that the desert gives me what I need in that moment. And that's, that's it. You know, I don't have a longing for more. And I feel like it's feeding off of that energy of like the actual plant and animal life here. Of like, yeah, there's not an abundance of water. There's not an abundance of food. Um, but everyone and everything gets, they get enough. Like the earth and the atmosphere still provides, you yeah. know, enough for them. One of the coolest things about the Suaros <laughs> that we've learned since being down here. Besides how to say it correctly. Yes. It did take <laughs> us a full probably like month of podcast episodes where you can hear us trying, trying to get it right. I don't know why we didn't just like look it up and listen to someone pronounce it correctly yeah. at first. But yeah, we went from like Saguaro to Saguara to I don't know. Yeah. But it is Saguaro. Yeah, you don't I pronounce believe. that G. I feel very confident mm-hmm. about saying it that time. <laughs> But one of the cool things is it does take them hundreds of years to grow as tall as they do. And you can kind of see some of them will have like these, uh, like, I don't even know what to call like it. curves? Like, yeah. Well, they're like thicker in some spots mm-hmm. and you'll see like a little like indention on the sides. Kind of like, like a waist Yeah, like, like a waistline. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what they call them. There's actually a technical I... term for, for them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can see them multiple times going all the way up. And apparently those are years where, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of rain that year. It was kind of an extended drought. And you can see it in terms of how the the journey of the plant, but the plant is still growing and thriving without Mm -hmm. that. So they know it's going to get what it needs to Mm -hmm. eventually, even in times where it's like a drought for a year. Yes, it affects it. Yeah. You know, it affects its growth. And you see it on its body. Yeah. And you'll see where that, that almost timestamp kind of like uh, trees have like the, all the lines inside of them. The rings. The rings. Yes. The swirls. Yeah. It's like a ring that you can see and it's where 
yeah, something happened weather-wise, mm-hmm. or maybe it was, like, extra cold that year and, mm-hmm. and stuff, so... It's cool. It's cool to see him fight. And a lot of times you'll see him also with, like, one rotten arm falling off. But mm-hmm. then there'll be, like, a new arm growing off of that arm. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, their life is finding a way out here. And Life always finds a way. Everything is provided exactly enough with what it needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really cool, really special place. I, you know, I'm, I'm, like, thinking back on your question. You asked if, like, I felt that immediately, like, in our first year when we first got down here. Like, did I feel like, oh, man, this is a really special place? I don't think I really got, I don't think I fully discovered and accessed all the beauty of the desert till our second winter here. So till last year. Gotcha. I think it took, I think the first year I was just all like, my eyes were open. I was kind of taking everything in. I don't think I'd like processed anything. You weren't like Stefan Diggs blinking? No, I was not blinking. (laughs) I was not blinking. Um, And then I think. After we left, after that first winter, went back up to Colorado and did our whole thing. I think then once I realized, oh, I think we might go back to the desert soon, I was like, oh, man, like something in me is really excited about this. And then I realized what I missed about it. And like then I was able to kind of process everything that I took in with my eyes wide open. And so then when we came back for our winter last season, I was like in that headspace of like, oh, man, I've missed you so much. Since I took time away from you, I now know what I... What mm-hmm. I love about you and what's beautiful about you, you know? Yeah, I agree. I was very excited and, like, kind of looking forward to it our second winter coming down here. This time, I don't think I could look more than two or three days ahead <laughs> until I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But until we were like, actually down here, which we haven't even been down here a week yet. I know. That's we're the we're crazy still, thing. yeah, I feel like every night we're like, did you know we've only been here three nights mm-hmm. or four nights? Yeah. And it's like now it feels like we just entered a timeless expanse here. Yeah. It's like the land before time land. Land before time land. land. It's like when time we, land. It's like when we leave this timeline stops and then when we come back like seven months later it just picks right back up where it stopped yeah it does (laughs) it's so weird i don't i don't know how to describe it and it's so different than like uh you know all of your other relationships in life like with people or with you know cities or places like that because like those people cities they like grow and change over years and yeah the desert does too like there are some things we can tell that are different but for the most part, it doesn't change that much. Not the saguaros. Yeah. So, like, when we come back, it literally feels like it, in some ways, looks the same as it did two years ago, the first time I came here. Yeah. You know? I mean, there are little changes we've noticed, depending on how monsoon season went, but... And they're finally paving the damn road that leads <laughs> out to some of our favorite <laughs> National Monument lands. It used to be one of the worst potholy patched roads in the history of america like the unpaved roads were better the, than yes. that road the yeah. dirt roads we drive on are better than that road and yeah unpaved i guess is <laughs> yes. redundant to say that but yeah so they've done that too that's been a change just as of yesterday yeah thank god for that for paving roads in the nfl so <laughs> almost one week into being in the desert how are you feeling has it been one week Almost tomorrow. Oh, Tomorrow's when we got here. Shit. Yeah. Great. Like how how, is, how that, have the last I, six honestly, days been? the stuff that I journal about is basically how I've been feeling. Yeah. I'm feeling all that stuff, so it's been good. How do you feel like that? Everything you journal on, you know, you mentioned like how much the desert gives. You mentioned like the circle, the cycle of life, and mm-hmm. how prevalent that is here. Like, how do you feel like that? Then like 
how does that affect, I know you say you journal a lot, but like, how does it affect you as like a human? That's a big question. I mean, um, I think it just gives me inspiration from that. Mm-hmm. And also just makes me see life at its kind of like purest form here. And that just really simplifies my mental st- status. Yeah. I don't know. My, my life view is very simplified. Like, um, kind of shuts make, you down to the basics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I like, yeah. It strips me down to the basics more than also another way of like, you know, makes me feel small. You know, as people say, like if they're on top of a mountain or if they see photos of space, it just makes you like, it grounds you in like where you actually are in reality yeah. and like what, what your part and purpose and all that stuff in life is. And I think that's what it does to me. It's just like, Oh, Hey, you're just a, a part of this too. Mm. Just in a little different. A little different shell. A little different shell, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so that, everything else just stems from that. It feels like all the frequencies have been settled um, of, of, you know, the noise in Mm -hmm. my life. And so everything's, I'm able to hear it clearly. And And that's because you can hear everything out here. (laughs) Yeah. It's because it's so quiet here. This is one of my favorite places to listen to the wind. The wind in the desert has its own tune than anywhere else because there's not much blocking it. You can hear it coming from it's in a the very key long of way G, away. Easy to play. <laughs> just like the flute. I mean, it's just it's different from where we came from in the mountains because, like, obviously, mountains are there to block wind. The tall pine trees are there to block the wind. Um, or, like, you hear the trees in the wind. Um, here, you pretty much just hear the wind. Nothing obstructing it. No, and the trees, yeah. The trees aren't really trees out here. No, they're like... They look like green, green shrubs. They make me think of, like... They remind me of the Wicked Witch of the West. It's her color green. Yeah, it's her color of. green, and just, like, their limbs are a bunch of just, like, green little twigs. Like, I picture her if her fingers were just, like, super long and bony, and they're kind of mm-hmm. just, like, waving around. Um, oh, another thing I thought of that I've been journaling that's, like, come back, and I think... We talked about it, I don't know, year one or year two here, but what the desert provides. It's three words, stillness, silence, and spaciousness. I do remember you bringing that up. And uh, it's yeah. actually from, I can't remember the guest or the person it was, but it's, it's on, they talk about it kind of as a basis on one of the Midnight Gospel episodes mm-hmm. of like once you find the space in your life where, and, and you know, I'm just even the mental space where you can have those three things, stillness, silence, and spaciousness, then you can like really start to see things clearly. And like, mm. you know, you set all the frequencies and the noise around your life and then you can start from there. Yeah. You just clear, clean your lens, you know? Yeah. And I, the clean desert, your lens in the dusty place. Yes. And the <laughs> desert definitely is full of stillness, silence, and spaciousness. And then, um, I think everything else just will grow from that area. Wow. I love, I love narrowing it down to those three words. Mm-hmm. Stillness, silence, and spaciousness. Yep. It provides it, like, metaphorically and naturally. Yeah. In nature. It, yeah. it is those, it embodies those three things, and then it just provides a space for you to just step right into all those three things. And I think it's very it's peaceful. You- and life, yeah, I feel, feel like I'm flourishing <laughs> from it, yeah. <laughs> from having those those three things. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Yes. <laughs> well, stillness, silence, and spaciousness. That's where we'll be for the next yes. little bit. <laughs> Except on Sundays. 
Except on Sundays. And we're rooting for the Titans, baby. <laughs> Which is actually Thursday this week. Yeah, I know. Throws us off a little I bit. I just thought it'd be so confusing because this comes out on a Monday. I know. It's 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 a little all over the place, <laughs> but Well, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Get ready for a lot more episodes coming to you from the desert, coming to you from this place of stillness, silence, and spaciousness. And if you're a betting person, over under four point five more episodes that we talk about saguaros. Over under. Which one you going with? I, I would definitely go over. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Tune in to find out. We'll check you. We'll check you. We'll see you next time. <laughs> check you down. Peace out. <laughs>